Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your host, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. It's good to be with you again, Father Travis. Likewise. It's been Here. a while. It has. It has. Not seeing you, but maybe we haven't broadcast in a couple of weeks or recorded any more podcasts. That's right. So. This intro seems especially long right now. I don't know why. Kind of. Well, there Have you goes. forgotten it? I think it's been a little while since we've recorded, hasn't it? It, it has. You haven't been dreaming of, of the awesome, jingle music of in your awesome sleep? Jingle music, yeah. I still have yet to meet anybody who's pro intro music. I think most people just skip past it at this point. They listen to the first one and then they always skip the past it. The folks tuning on the radio, though, don't get to skip past they it on the radio. They, they could don't. just turn it down or skip to a different channel for 30 seconds. But True. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, for those who are outside the diocese, we do uh, upload these files to our local Catholic radio station at 88.1. And you're right, they can't skip forward to so get rid of it. Nor, just, can they, nor can they put this in like... 1.5 times or two times so sped up. You know, up, you this know? actually happened. Father Taylor Leffler did this to me while we were just on a little vacation together. If you do it half speed on Apple Podcasts, it sounds like we're drunk. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> so on all podcasts, it's super funny. Yeah. But especially when you when you say a couple things kind of slowly and yeah. deeply, it's hilarious. Yeah, like. So I think we turned. Did I call you last yeah, night? Yeah, it sounds like it's like. <laughs> No, we're having a great day <laughs> together here. It's really, really funny. So if you want to have fun, you can just skip this to uh, half speed. Anyone listening on our, on your phone right now is trying this <laughs> Yeah, right they're now. trying it. And then they're when I just did the slow down. motion thing, it was like half ultra speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. We're here at the in the basement of... St. James Church in Lamar's. It's a luxurious basement. I'm having we're not well, in the dungeon. We're not, it is a nice basement. I, I thought I turned the air conditioning down. It's a little toasty down here right now. But um, here's the deal. I'm learning things in my first year of priesthood. Yes. And, and trying to adult um, yes. <laughs> outside of seminary for the first time. And for some reason, well, it's pretty obvious. I've definitely put the most miles on a car this year just driving all over the place. Coming to Sioux City to record this podcast all the time. Yes. Coming to hang out with the guys. Well... I realized for the first time that you have to rotate your tires. You do. You do. So my dad's a tire guy, and somehow I never picked that up my okay. whole life. And it's never been an issue in the past, but I think I've put so many miles on that that weird, um, there's a name for it that he had that in the tire industry. Your tires wear with this weird angle if sure. they're not rotated. Sure. So that's currently what's going on. So I need new tires. That's why. Is your alignment you, okay? Um, no, that's oh. the issue. Okay. Because it, they're all messed up right now. Oh, I see. And I just, should have rotated them, but I haven't, so not, now I need to replace them. Oh. Because they've gotten too worn on the inside exactly edges right. or something. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry about that. So thanks. That, but I, That's too bad. But you're learning. That would have sounded really fun with the half speed. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you... Anyone still listening on half so speed. So we're doing good, but I'm grateful that you came all the way down to up, rather, to Lee yes. Mars to record. It's good to be so, here. Absolutely. It's good to be here. You know, when I was with uh, Father Nepple recently recording our previous episode, uh, you know, being so solicitude of French roots, he called it Le Mans. Le Mans. <laughs> he didn't want to put the S on, Le and Ma. I said, it's okay. I, I wish they it was. I wish it was that, but I think I, I told you in a previous episode, right? Um, 
I think I just turned the air conditioning on and made it come so everybody can hear it now, but that's fine. That's all right. Um, it'll yeah. be nice and cool down here. It's like sounding like a, a jet engine it's in the background. It kind of does. That sounds yes. cool, Rick, at an airfield. I think I, did I tell the podcast why it's called Lamar's? Yeah, wasn't it's it a hyphenated No, it's every, every letter, every letter of, the, of the word L-E-M-A-R-S that is spaced out that looks like a French word as the first letter of the first name of one of the wives of the founding fathers of this town. Isn't oh. that just nice? Well, they, got it. they know their roots, don't they? They know their roots, yeah. And they're still honoring it every single time someone says Lamar's Iowa. That's right. That's great. Father, we just got back recently from the Quest trip. Which I'm bummed that I couldn't go on. Yeah, you're no longer a seminarian. I know. That you're, picture, you're, so you're sanctifying the, souls left and right. The picture you sent out to the presbyterate was awesome. Yeah. I mean, there were like 48 men, right, including yeah. the seminarians. We today. had 48 guys going out on this hiking and rafting expedition. We were at Estes Park, Colorado at the YMCA camp. We were also down in the local parish church at Our Lady of the Mountains um, in Estes. Is that the Archdiocese of Denver? It is. That's still yeah. the Archdiocese of Denver. Uh, Father John Eppel was out. He, uh, he and I recorded a podcast together, which our listeners probably enjoyed last week, um, or 30 minutes before they listen to this episode exactly. if they're just binging right. someday. <laughs> On a road trip. That's right. Um, but Father Neppel gave a great little homily to the men. Um, we did adoration. You know, I had budgeted for adoration and confessions for like an hour. I mean, mm-hmm. we went a good like solid hour and 45 minutes. Oh, that's great. Confessions were incredibly deep. And it was just great being with Father Neppel. Um, he is the host, as probably most of our listeners know, he's the host of uh, Catholic Stuff You Should Know, mm-hmm. one of the co-hosts. And that podcast has probably been running for a decade now. Um, And they they do great work with that. But it was fun being with an old uh, college classmate. We were at uh, St. John Vianney College Seminary in the Twin Cities together. And it was fun at at one point hearing confessions. We were in kind of a transept of the uh, the local Catholic church in Estes, Colorado. And I looked over at him. He was hearing confessions. I was in between penitents. And I just thought, wow, who would have known 17 years ago? Um, that we'd be sitting here in Colorado hearing confessions together of these of these great young men. Right. So it was a bit of a risk. We put together um, about 20 high school students and 20 college-age men. Mm. It's a bit of a risk when it comes to youth ministry, combining those age groups. But, you know, the fraternity, even on the bus ride out, we were only like an hour into the trip, and the fraternity was instantaneously gelling and uh, was yeah. really fruitful. Well, there's something really special when you get just a bunch of guys together and the especially high school and college kind of inhibitions of, of being around girls and things like that and being really self-conscious right. or gone. Right. And it's just like a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of guys being dudes. Right. Um, and they did that well, but they, they, what they really did is the, I was so impressed with the guys in their twenties. They, um, they really stepped up, uh, and like went very deep in their, in their mm-hmm. prayer, in their discussions, but they also really wanted to mentor the high school students well and act as big brothers. And it wasn't any of this machoism, like, yeah. you know, carry my luggage for me, use, you know, stupid sophomore in high school. Right. There wasn't any of that. Um, there was just a lot of authentic fraternity. So we had a great time. The weather was good. I always forget how intense the sun is when you're up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, Estes Park uh, is about 8,000 feet elevation. Um, Sioux City here, where we're recording in this most of the time, is 1,100 feet elevation. Right. So. You know, you just you get sunburned very easily. But that we were we were rafting up on the um, Poder River, Poder River, the Poder River by uh, 
It's Fort Collins, Colorado. Some of the guys were teaching me, the seminarians were teaching me this thing where you like hit the top of your head. Yeah, that means check, you're okay. Check if another guy's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it was the like signal. They, they did that in a conversation we were having. Like oh, did something, they? We were talking about something <laughs> kind of like, I don't know, just like evangelization in the church or something just kind of dramatic. And one of the guys hit the top of his head. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So I just felt completely out of the loop now because you're not, not only cool did anymore. I miss the trip, but I, I don't have these <laughs> cool inside jokes. So I'm just, I'm a loser. You're, I'm a loser priest now. You missed all the inside jokes from Colorado. Right. 2021. But that's all right. You yeah. you now understand it. And they'll probably do that for the rest of their lives, you know? Probably. And I'll just be on the sidelines like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, you can join in too. You understand okay. now it now. I get it. You're, you're I like the, the picture with all the guys. It had a couple classic elements of like pictures with group, big groups. Of course, the guy who had to lay down spread out of the well front. see jimmy was taking the photo the first time actually i heard about this i actually heard how hilarious this was that the bus driver was just all about being in the picture yeah he so. was part of the group rich was part of the group <laughs> That's great. he'd been traveling with us wanted to be in the photo but then he and jimmy switched yeah we didn't know where he should go so the, it was actually the the teenagers who, who said jimmy just it. jimmy just lay down in front i also noticed yeah. another guy was just holding half a grapefruit in the picture well yes we <laughs> that was nice too that was a good touch. Like that was cesar um we had just come from breakfast. We were about to load the bus. and uh, He had his grapefruit. He had his grapefruit. It needed to be in the photo. It did. Yeah, it did. random grapefruit in the front row of a group photo. But the, the snow caps were all the way around yeah. us. Uh, the guys actually went hiking. They got up to 12,000 feet and got to the snow line uh, wow. on our, our last full day there. There was about 19 of them that went up, um, and they did really well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, overall, it was just a great trip. Good. It was good, good fraternity, good prayer time, good sacramental time. We had daily mass, um, morning prayer, evening prayer with the liturgy of the hours. And the guys really dove in. So it was impressive. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this podcast today is uh, in the evenings, we separated the high school and the college-age men into little different groups for like some formation discussions. And uh, on our first full day there... Um, seminarians were kind of leading a discussion with some of the college age men and I had taken the high school students. And then when we got done much earlier than the college age men, so I went over and just listened in to their discussion over by a bonfire and they just immediately went really deep. Mm. I I was so impressed. I mean, we were only like 36 hours into this trip and they were really opening up about um, some of the issues that they had been carrying just personally in their own spiritual lives Maybe some of the issues that they had been you know, dealing with in the pandemic, what they were going through with their faith, how they were trying to deepen their sacramental practice or their own prayer lives. So there was, uh, there was an impressive depth that these men and, and vulnerability that they just opened up. And at multiple times throughout the trip, I, I noticed there was some you know, young men just in tears. Mm. And I don't think these are weak men. You know, these are not overly uh, effeminate men. These are not you know, highly emotive men. I think the, the, the pandemic might have had something to do with, with that, just maybe not feeling a lot of connection or a, a deep sense of community. But I also uh, was so impressed. I, I think these men were realizing um, that they have feelings. Hmm. <laughs> Believe it or not, guys have feelings too, right? right. Um, and I think for some of these guys, they were realizing that maybe they had been living on a superficial level. Perhaps they had... Um, Perhaps they had just maybe put dormant or had been hibernating some inner affective movements of the heart Mm. that they had not been bringing to prayer or they had not been bringing to their friendships or their dating relationships. And certain areas of their lives had become compartmentalized, Mm -hmm. right? 
and and those hidden chambers were kind of walled up and sealed off from the rest of the world. And praise God, I had been I had been praying for the trip and for the men involved in the um, in the quest trip before we ever departed. And I was really praying that the Holy Spirit would just pour into these men, and that happened in a miraculous way. I mean, it was just it was visibly evident that there was fruit at work in the hearts and minds of these young people. And what was just impressive is these men were kind of breaking down the walls. Mm-hmm. The uh, the compartments were being opened into a much more integrated interior life, and uh, Wherever they were at, you know, in their, in their quest for holiness, in their growth in masculine holiness, wherever they were at, you could see traction coming about because they were entering into their vulnerabilities, recognizing, gee, I really need this. I needed the support of these brothers. I needed this, these men to kind of journey with me and to realize I'm not alone in some of these things. And particularly here in the Midwest, you know, mm-hmm. guys will do this, right? You know, they won't talk about their feelings. They'll... they'll um, They'll wall everything off. They won't go into their vulnerabilities because they don't want to look weak. Yep. Uh, and it was so impressive to see the strength that was actually coming through these men mm. by walking into those areas of vulnerability with one another mm. and realizing that they weren't alone. Yeah. Wow. We talk about human formation in the seminary, in the Christian life. It's really hard to tell people sometimes what that's like or what that is. We're explaining the different pillars of seminary, and it's like, yeah, this is pastoral formation. Everybody understands that. Intellectual formation, studying philosophy and theology. Spiritual formation, people kind of understand that with praying and going to the sacraments and liturgy of the hours. But human formation is, is hard to tease out sometimes. I think that's exactly it. Exactly it. Integrating those compartmentalized experiences of our life. Mm-hmm. For Father Paul Hazing, who we had on recently, he gave a conference once, and in it, he was explaining that he had some stupid picture with like a car with a with an engine way too big for it, um, just this massive engine. But the point is, like, you can have this massive engine of an intellectual life, or you can know. And I've seen this a lot with high school high school guys who are kind of involved in their faith, or college students who get involved in a Newman Center in their faith. You know a lot about Catholic stuff. You kind of do a lot of Catholic stuff. You might buy a lot of Catholic stuff. Know the lingo. Know the lingo. Have some stuff on your walls. Have a rosary in your pocket. Be wearing a consecration chain, some other random thing you bought a seek, stuff like that. Your water bottle's filled with all these stickers. And you're trying in a real way to live the life. But you're struggling with that disintegration of your life. Mm -hmm. And that, that integration that happens is what Father Hazing was saying is like a transmission in a car. Like if you have this enormous engine and there's no transmission, you're not going anywhere. Right. Um, so that's beautiful to see that actually played out, not just in a, a seminary house of formation, but real time in these guys' lives as they're trying to make decisions for the future and understand their place in, in a relationship with God and with each other. Oh, it was. It was really beautiful. Again, as I said, some of that might have been due to the pandemic. Mm. Guys that may may felt a little isolated and not really having community. But, you know, some of them were just saying, hey, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. They felt ignited in a way that they hadn't maybe experienced before or had forgotten about. And I think they some of them have already stayed in touch. They've been getting together, praying together, going to a park and hanging out, playing Frisbee. They have a big group chat. And I think these men just realized, I have to be journeying with others. Yeah. Uh, I have to be making this journey with others. This is not an isolated experience in the growth of faith. Um, I think what was also really impressive is, you know, um, these men, I think, realized that we we have to talk about deep issues. Mm. It just can't be, you know, girls, sports, cars, you know, superficial mm. things of this world. Right. And they immediately wanted to go there. 
And maybe that was, you know, just a grace by a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was a hunger because they, in the, in the pandemic, they hadn't really had authentic and deep, right. meaningful conversations. I'm not quite sure, but they went there very quickly. What were some of the, where did, where were, what were some of the things that they kind of were digging into? Well, I think some were realizing I had been slipping away from their active practice of Sunday Mass. Mm. Some had realized that their own personal prayer life had been uh, wavering. Mm-hmm. Some have been struggling with issues of vice, maybe issues of impurity. Mm-hmm. And they immediately just wanted to talk through these things as young men. And uh, maybe it was great that some of them were from communities in our diocese where they didn't really know a lot of other people. Mm. Maybe they didn't feel like they were going to be judged. Others came from, we had certain you know communities from the diocese who had sent five, six, seven men, which is great because I think they're going to keep supporting each other now that they're back home. But they were, they were probably really typical things that I... I think in seminary, guys would be talking about right. Yezu Caritas groups of priests, you know, are going to talk about a lot of these things. And, and for those, you know, listeners who don't, who don't perhaps know what a Yezu Caritas is, why don't you say oh, a little sure. bit more about yeah. that? Well, the funny thing is that's a particular uh, manifestation of like priest fraternity groups, but it's become a catch-all for uh, describing any time priests get together in some kind of fraternity group. They, they've been called support groups in the past, but that makes it kind of sound like, I don't know, medicinal or something like that right. but it's really when priests kind of rejoice and share in the brotherhood of the presbyterate um so oftentimes in dioceses priests get together in groups of four or five six something like that and meet once a month and share experiences of their life as priests um what i like to do this started in, in seminary when we had these fraternity groups meet once a week um the group that started with me we share we touch on four things every every time you got each guy has to at least touch on these four things um and i think these four things can be good for those men that you were talking about in, um, on the quest trip, but any of our listeners who are trying to integrate their, their life more, um, purity, prayer, relationship, and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, those tend to kind of catch a lot of the experiences um, of men in the priesthood, uh, struggles or joys or whatever it might be. But it's nice that there's actually some accountability to touch on all four of those things so that if, if a guy's kind of trying to avoid a, a struggle with a parishioner or some, some issue in a relationship with his family or something like that, or struggles with purity or um, struggles with a relationship or uh, with responsibilities and not getting things done. It offers a place to kind of touch base with brothers who can hear you and who can love you in it and can offer some supporting words or some encouragement or some challenge if it, if it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, it's been beautiful to see in my time in seminary, that was almost a decade um, to see the growth of that happening so it's not just where guys go to read a lot of books and pray by themselves, but it's those experiences of intellectual formation and spiritual formation are brought together and integrated through these things like sharing life mm-hmm. and sharing your thoughts, your feelings, mm-hmm. your hopes, your dreams with brothers. Right. Um, th- then that makes the intellectual experience and intellectual formation actually resonate with real life, and it makes spiritual formation growth in a relationship with God also more tangible. Yeah, that's a, that's a helpful description of what Yezu Caritas are, groups are for priests and deacons, but it's a model that works for anybody, right? Men right. and women, doesn't matter, laity, religious, consecrated, it doesn't matter. Um, that accountability in those key areas of life, just as we journey together, um, which obviously open up a lot of pathways to the spiritual life to say, all right, in those four areas that we can hold each other accountable in, in those four areas that we can support each other in, how are we also finding the Lord? Right. How is the love of, of Jesus actually manifesting itself here exactly in these areas? Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, so that's not just kind of a, a secular vision of what these you know supportive groups are, but there's exactly. always a vision towards entering more deeply into him rather right. than just into ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I hope that continues for the men who participated on the quest trip. It was great to have so many on board. We're going to keep going. Um, well, it was so beautiful to see, like, what was it, just like a week before or a couple weeks before your deadline, there was hardly anybody on the list. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it was clearly anointed by the Holy Spirit because it seemed like so many guys just kind of, Maybe they were waiting to sign up, but well, it was more. It was a little more than a couple of weeks, but I did send an email out to you and a bunch of other priests in the diocese several months out, Surely saying before the the deadline, rather. Yeah, the deadline exactly. Yeah. yeah, like I think we had wanted everyone registered by the end of March. And, I mean, you had like ten guys or something, and then yeah, and we had we had budgeted for twenty seven. We ended up taking forty eight. Mm-hmm. I had to get bigger buses. Um, a bigger bus, much more hotel rooms, add rafting tickets, more meal plans, but it was worth it. That's good. Because um, guys really stepped up, and I think they were hungry for that. So we we'll hope that just continues to bear fruit in their own you know, quest for holiness. Well, thanks for sharing those reflections, Father Shane. That's well, great. it's good to be with you. We'll keep praying for all the men on that trip. Um, I, we took evaluations at the end of the trip and said, you know, mm. any ideas for next year? I mean, you want to go hiking in the Alps? Well, right. Yeah. The, <laughs> well, you know, we could do hiking in... Um, like New Mexico, for example, oh, sure. Montana. Uh, there's religious shrines across, you know, um, Canada, for example. Mm-hmm. Religious shrines in Wisconsin. So if I'm put, you need another chaplain, I mean, just let me yeah, know. Well, I'm know. sure. You we'll don't let have to you pull know. out these random Colorado priests on yet. You can bring your brothers, you know, with you on the trip. Sure. I'd be happy to accompany you. I'm sure you would. <laughs> you would be surprised how many guys put on their evaluations, like, Rome, Holy Land. Oh my gosh, Holy Land. <laughs> Paris. Russia. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to convert the Russians. Is there, is there any shrines in Papua New Guinea in the South Pacific? Can we go there for the quest? Jamaica, next year? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So we, we don't know where we're going to go next year. Um, I don't know. I, I might rotate things. And we've been out to the Badlands and the, the Black Hills of, of South Dakota. We've right. been hiking up there. Um, I'm glad that they're actually at least like realizing what they're going on is a hiking trip. When we took the guys to the Black Hills, it was like we're halfway up this mountain, and they they didn't realize that they signed up to literally just hike a mountain. Sure, it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, sure, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think everyone realized that we were all going to go at that pace either. Unfortunately, what happened here when we were in South Dakota a few years ago, um, everything was kind of like a big group project together all yes. the time. Yes, at the YMCA camp, it was much easier to split up into small That's groups. Good. So either by age group more or organically i'm sure too much more organically yeah. by age group or social group um but there was also the freedom to say okay you guys if you want to run up the mountain you go right ahead we're gonna hang out yeah the others who, frisbee yeah the others who are gonna gonna just take it at their own pace so right. that worked out a lot better <laughs> instead of trudging up a mountain with yeah. 30 guys yeah the yeah. cross-country guys at the head of the pack who were setting the pace killing the rest of us exactly. in the back that didn't happen this time but we look forward to future adventures. And so for all of our listeners, men, but also women, uh, you know, if you're feeling a little compartmentalized, if you're needing some accountability in your life, don't feel afraid to reach out. We just consistently see in the church the beauty of this, who those who really want to enter into their vulner- vulnerabilities together are actually showing uh, a lot of courage, um, but also a lot of strength. So we hope that just is a, is a good encouragement for all of our listeners. Father Travis, always good to be with you. Likewise, Father Shane. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Keep tuning in to hear more great things from Outcast Catholic. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. 
catch you next time, and God bless.